Hello from London. My name is Leah Floyers, and you're listening to the Decisive Podcast Special with your host, Roberto Q. Ingram. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Decisive Podcast Guest Mix Series. It's Wednesday, September the 13th, 2017. I'm your host, Roberto Ingram. I'm glad that you're here to listen. And I do hope that you enjoy the program today. I have a guest from London, female guest that is, as we will be adding more women to the program. Her name is Leah Floyers. Yes, and uh, I chatted with Leah over the weekend about uh, what makes her tick. She's a musician, a DJ, and she's a resident at both Free Rotation Festival at Hay On Way in London and also at the London Club, uh, 50 Arc, that is. And she also has her two-hour show uh, called Leah With Sound on Timeline Music. And she's been doing this for the past five years. So the interview is quite intense and extensive, but there's a lot of great information. She's a great character, and she put together a great uh, mix for us. Um, Very complex, and we got a 90s touch. uh, She brings it up to uh, current modern techno music. But uh, without further ado, let's listen in. Leah Floyers. But anyway... It's really nice to meet you, and welcome to uh, the Decisive Podcast Series, uh, Guest Mix. Um, we have, let me see if I can pronounce this correctly. Is that Lee Flores? Leah Floyers. Lee Floyers. Go Floy, and then go Yers. Floyers. Leah yeah. Floyers. <laughs> I, I almost put your name in Google to try to make sure spell it right, uh, to pronounce it right. And I just knew it was, I just knew it was Lee Leah. Yeah, but it's Leah. <laughs> okay, welcome to Le- welcome to the Decisive Podcast series. Leah Floyers. That's the best I can do. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having uh, me, Roberto. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I remember talking to you uh, while you were on the train about a month ago, wasn't it? Or yeah, yeah. some delays you had, and uh, I had gotten your information from your is i guess um grimace is your husband or boyfriend grimes grimes is is my partner Partner. yeah he's my boyfriend yeah partner and um and i was talking to him about uh getting women on the decisive podcast because Uh i have so many guys i said you know what women have a voice let's try it let's see if we can find some women then i got um sabina Hoffman. Yes, I, I heard that. That was a great interview. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed listening yeah, to that podcast. We had really fun. She's also really a fun person. So, actually, the mm. uh, the personalities between the males and females are quite <laughs> quite amazing. But where were you born and raised? Actually, I was born in Brisbane, in Australia, uh, and I have lived in London for the past twenty four mm-hmm. years. So, I came over in nineteen ninety three for a year's holiday. Yeah, I basically knew one person in London. Um, I left when I was 23, just sort of took off. It was all, you know, last minute sort of decision, go traveling, you know, get away. Knew one person in London. Um, I was working as a journalist in Brisbane and I worked for a newspaper for a a short period of time in London. And then uh, I just thought, I don't need to keep doing this. I can do anything I want. I'm 10,000 miles from home. So I ended up getting a job actually at HMV Records. Um, And you know what, Um, goodness me, it's September, isn't it, this month? So yeah, I got a job at HMV in September in 1993. Um, And um, basically I was pretty homesick for a while and then no word of a lie, I went to my first club (laughs) on New Year's Eve. And then I was thinking, ah. Yep, at 23 years old, and then I just thought, uh, mm, I think I really want to stay for a bit longer, and I've stayed here. Ever well, since. actually, that means you're a late. <laughs> actually, that means you're a late bloomer. Then, if you're into yes, your definitely. first year, 23, so you were a professional yes. woman, and then, and you, it seems like, at, if I can uh, calculate this right, you were always into entertainment somehow. 
being a journalist and all? Oh, I guess that's one way to look yeah. at it. Um, I think but what happened was I, I ended up, um, you know, a couple of years, when was it? Probably around about 97, 98, I ended up um, working for an insurance company in the city. I mean, it's, it's basically what happens, I think, when you do a lot of temping jobs, you know. Um, and I ended up working there uh, for about 13 years until I quit my job, went to another job for a couple of years and quit that. Well, that explains your so, organizational skills. Really? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, most of your most of your mixes I've heard have been quite nice journey and very very uh, complex. I think somehow musically, it seems like you piecing these puzzles together and telling a story from the time you start to the to the end. I was listening to your to your mix uh, earlier today while I was writing the the interview. That's really good to hear you say that, actually, Roberto, because it is like that for me when I put mixes together. Definitely. Um, I, I, because I'm a musician first and foremost, um, and I would say that really, you know, you know, my heart is with making music actually, even though I am not making any electronic music at the moment as far as composition. Yeah, but that, but definitely. that connection between journalism and your storytelling in the mix was what I comprehended right away. Oh, that okay. Nice. Oh, that's that was right. Yeah, yeah because I, I, that uh, is kind of my approach too is always are you saying something or are you just playing something well I, I see a mix as a composition that's how I see mixes and I, I also see playing out as well yeah. you know something that is a is a composition exactly. that needs some thought and preparation into it beforehand and I know that some you know DJs disagree on this a yeah. lot because of course you know you have to rely on the atmosphere there and what's going on but I would never go to a club um, and just pick any records blindly and just throw them all together and have my fingers crossed. Yeah. I would never, I would never do that because it's not how I, I want to be able to tell, literally tell a story when I'm when I'm doing a mix. I want to be able to um, present other people's records. I mean, that's what it is for me. You know, I mean, I'm sure that that some parties come different, and you're maybe that s small preparation you've thought that you wanted to go to would change depending mm. on the atmosphere as well so that's still oh sure it yeah. also works or absolutely yes but um uh i know some you know some people are really good at just sort of throwing oh, anything yeah. together mm. um really good at doing that um for, i mean just today i was today i went down to corsica studios um in uh london to listen to friend of mine alex downey oh, yeah. um alex. jaffy jaffy turning yep and they Jeffy, and um, that's Anne the record, record uh, store, Je Jeffy Turney, right? That's that's right. Yes. <laughs> uh, and um, uh, and you know, Alex is definitely one of those guys who's just brilliant at throwing anything together and making it work. Just excellent, you know. So that's Amazing. that's um, an example of something that I don't think I'm as good as doing that. But I tend to put a lot, of, you know, more preparation into sort of what types of tunes I want to put together. And also too, because I'm a musician, I listen to the actual chords in the records. So I want to make sure that the the chords That's are working clear. together. Yeah. Which of course you can do now anyway, can't you? You can just hit a button and you can do that. But I mean, with playing records, it's a whole different ball game, isn't it? So. Yeah. I saw a video of you playing piano. Right. <laughs> so uh, obviously you have had some musical up bringing is that piano your um your start yes I guess, uh, you were a, piano, a trained piano well um i think when i was about four or five um i started playing piano it was the pianola actually we had in the house uh but i would play what i heard on the radio so i guess i was just one of the lucky ones that you know if i hear something i can play it uh i can't read music very well um I can read, I can tell you what the notes are, but I'm certainly not one of these, um, you know, pianists who can just open up a book of anything and just play. Like, I, I always failed sight reading, you know. I only went to grade four in piano, but um, I always would compose a lot on the piano. And in fact, when I first came to, over to England, uh, when I got my job at HMV Records, I used to live about 20 minutes walk from Oxford Street uh, in a place called great portman street i think it was and there was a university that i used to walk past it was bloomsbury square and you couldn't do this today 
right? But I used to just walk into this university because I could hear pianos being played in the university. And I walked in there one day, just through these rooms, and I saw these pianos in the room. And I just thought, I'm just going to sneak in here and just play. You know, no one will ask me any questions. I don't have any idea or anything. I mean, this is like 1994. Right, ninety three, ninety four. This is my chance to shine. Well, I just thought I'll just go in there and play and just start playing again and entertain myself. And then um, there was a hotel that was around the corner from where I lived, called the Forte Crest Hotel, <laughs> and there was a piano in there. So after practicing for about two weeks and just coming up with a whole host of different songs that I could remember and what have you, I just walked in there and said, "Do you need a piano player?" And they said, "Yes, play us something." So I played something, and they said, "You've got the job." So I, yeah, wow. I play, I tell you what though, <laughs> I played <laughs> five nights a week, five hours a night. I mean, by the end of it, I was like, I never want, six months of doing that. I was like, I do not want to go near a piano for at least a year now. It was just, it was quite intense, wow. but it was fun. It was lots of fun, but I, I was, yeah, I was pretty what, knackered what after that. What tunes did you fancy at this hotel at this what time? What tunes? Yeah. Well, I was listening to a lot of Leonard Cohen. I mean, the stuff I used to play was pretty depressing because I'm, I'm, I like a lot of really <laughs> mournful, depressing music. Okay. So the so the hotel allowed <laughs> the hotel, it. The hotel allowed it because um, it was you know it was in the bar. It was it was a transient hotel. You know there were people coming, staying there okay. like literally business people. Okay you know, all getting depressed at the bar with their whiskey and, you know, wanting me to play lots of Billy Joel and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it was that kind of um, atmosphere. So, Beatles, you know. Billy, Billy Joel. And this, and this DJ career started <laughs> um, uh, after moving to England, being a pianist. Um, uh, and you stopped working. You quit your job. Yeah. To do this. Well, get in this industry well what teaching. happened was yeah Why? it was more to do with um, I was playing records uh, in 96 97 a bit and then um, I stopped there was a whole stack of different situations that happened and I ended up I stopped altogether and was working um, at uh, for an insurance company and then I did that <clears throat> for a long time and the whole time I was thinking I need to get back into playing records and I was thinking I'm getting older, mm. I'm never going to do mm. it, blah, blah, blah. And then finally mm -hmm. I just took a jump and quit my job. And when I did that, I was 42, ready to start all over again. And literally, like I, you know, <clears throat> it was a big, it was a big decision to make, but I knew that I would go completely nuts if I didn't do it. Um, and you just felt it with your all your heart and soul that this you did you needed this and well was, I just yeah I mean it's you were something missing oh in your absolutely life. I just it was just something I had to do um, and it just took me a long time to get the confidence to, to actually throw myself back into it it took me a really long time to do that when I did do it you know and this is not some new age stuff either. I mean, this is actually how the universe works. When you take a jump, oh, yeah. stuff happens. Like literally people come to, to see you, like they come up from nowhere. And I bumped into this, uh, an old friend of mine who I'd not seen for a very long time, probably about 13, 14 years. And um, we used to go to the Lost Club together and Lost. Lost Club. Where is, Lost where is was a club that was run by Steve Bicknell. Yeah. Oh, okay, it's right, like, right. Yeah. Just, Steve yeah. Where, what well, he's still around. He's still major. around. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, just, um, yeah, I mean, in my eyes, you know, he's an absolute legend in my eyes. And I'm sure he, I'm sure he, I'm oh, sure yeah. he hears this oh, from yeah. people as well. But Lost is just like, was oh, yeah. the reason I stayed in this country, basically. <laughs> I was I was in, I was uh, introduced to to this gentleman by uh, a friend of mine, Jay Denham, had had uh, released uh, some music on his label. So yeah, Steve Bicknell has been around for a while. I, continue. I'm sorry to interrupt. I ran into a chap called Keith Anderson. I bumped into him at the end of 2012. Was it? No, it was the end of 2011. I bumped into him, and I had literally quit my job in July of, of 2011. 
and um, he said, uh, I'm really interested in starting a station, an internet electronic music station. Would you be interested in doing a show for it? And I thought, yeah, sure, I'll do a show. Little did I realize he meant like have a permanent show on there. <laughs> so I um, uh, started on Timeline Music um, and there was literally like just three of us. Um, and it's been going since then, Timeline Music, which is um, has got about 20 people on it now doing um, DJ shows um, every day of the week. And Keith is still running it and doing an absolutely sterling job. I've been playing shows on there, you know, since 2012. It's yeah, it's great. And is this also part of your new job that you've taken on after quitting? No. Okay, let me just fill in a few gaps here. So, I quit my job, which was a full-time insurance job. Okay, which I had done for 15 when I read years. This, I said, She's out of her mind. What is she doing? <laughs> um, okay. And what I was planning to do as well. So it was playing records, but I was also studying um, feng shui and. Chinese astrology, which is Bazi. Um, so I was studying that and I was thinking, you know, wh- which path am I going to go down? Because I, you know, I'm, I knew that there was really playing on an internet radio station um, is not going to, you know, pay, pay the bills. <laughs> what am I going to do sort of thing? And I was going down the Chinese feng shui route for a bit, but the records just would, were taking over and just drawing me in. And eventually it just got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm just going to have to go back in to the insurance industry and see if I can get a part-time job, which I thought I would not be able to get. But then I just luckily managed to get a part-time job. And now I'm working there three days a week in the city of London with a great team of people. And I'm just really grateful to be in that position. And that's what's... That's what's are they very, they very, they very supportive yeah, of this, they uh, are. this balance? Yes, they are, which is great. They are supportive yeah. of the balance. Um, and, um, you know, I think, uh, especially working in the city um, or, or in any job where it's, you know, just six days a week. I mean, you know, it's so important to have that work-life balance. And I think slowly but surely, the trend is going towards allowing people to have more time off or giving them the secure giving them the option to work from home perhaps as well which obviously improve life balance. and and that next phase the next phase which phase? that you were you said there was a oh few, yeah uh, right sorry so the why. next phase so the next phase was just going back to work part-time and then continuing with the djing and seeing where it would take okay. me basically um, and but I'm also studying on top of that as well, so I do have a pretty full plate. And, you're, and so you're satisfied now with that choice? It's Absolutely, yeah. I mean, um, it allows me to take a bit more time with what I want to do with DJing also, but with making music as well, because that's something that is starting to really call me a lot now. I mean, I've been waffling on about it for 20 years right and it's now just starting to sort of there's avenues opening up now where i I will be able to start doing that um i had to get yeah i had to get the djing thing out of my system a little bit you know that initial itch of course now it's sort of um I'm, i'm becoming more comfortable with um the experience of playing out um i'm starting to 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 find it actually a lot easier to do um I'm not nowhere near as nervous as I used to be, which is great. I mean, I used to get so nervous. I'm always nervous. It's gonna, uh, that's going to always yeah. be with me. But it's, if I'm not nervous, then oh, something's Oh, no, I get wrong. the nerves, but I don't get, like, hysterical yeah. nervous. I mean, you know, okay. it's yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get like that. Um, you know, it's just a waste of energy, isn't it? When did you land this residency at Free Rotation? Well, um, again, I mean, that was I was really lucky with that too because that was down to timeline music as well. Because um, unbeknownst to me, Good yeah, Stevio. Yeah, but benefits. Yeah, but benefits do come from hard work and, and when you're in the right yeah. place, when you're you know in, in, placed in the situation that you were in at this time. Now, I could see that developing. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, Stevio um, had listened to. The Timeline Music Show. Um, He's so yeah. wonderful. I love Studio. <laughs> yeah, they're both I love great. Him too much. Yeah, um, and um, 
he'd listened to the show, yeah. And I had gone to free rotation anyway. I mean, the first time, you know what? Free rotation is really the only festival I've really, really gone out to and totally enjoyed. I mean, it's literally like a home anyway. So, it's it's so savvy uh, and it's so um, intimately wonderful. Um, this place, uh, when I was there, um, you know, you're there for three days. Stevie O said, hey, when you come in, you have to stay for the weekend because this is part of, this is members only thing. And I'm going, what the heck is all this stuff? <laughs> and then when you, from, from day one to day three, and you look back and you say, wow, now that's, you really get a chance to meet people and understand people and know people yeah. and and kind of get a little bit of a taste of the person inside them and everyone's talking and enjoying themselves and no one's out of control and it's a good balance between male and female and and the music is so rounded well rounded yeah uh, I mean this, the yeah I mean, and the sound is, is is excellent I mean everything about it is it's just a great experience um, and really <clears throat> I started going there in 2009 and I was just so blown away by it. And my whole circle of friends and people that I've met has all has all stemmed from that, really. From from uh, you know coming out of insurance hibernation, you know what I mean, and sort of gradually getting back into yeah, yeah. going out to um, festivals, as in festival. I mean, free rotation is the only festival, oh, yeah. really, apart from block. <laughs> I've really ventured to oh. to go to, um, but. Some of them are so huge yeah. that it's you're more exhausted uh, instead of uh, enjoying really enjoying the artists and the music and the people and the, I mean artists from video entertainers to DJs to even the sound men yeah <laughs> and, and the people that work at the hotel yeah it's amazing well the mix the mix I've yeah. I've done for you um, is is. Uh, what I put together before I opened for Grimes Adhesive um, this year, he did a live show, um, a live performance in Room 2. So the, the, the records that are on that mix is not, they're not typical of what I would play out because I'm, I normally play quite hard, um, just generally techno sets. I'm very old fashioned. I still just say techno, you know, that's how I describe it. Mm, mm, um, but the, mm. so the music that I put together for this um, ahead of Grimes was obviously a lot more uh, chilled out, definitely um, a lot more melodic. Uh, yeah, I, I noticed that um, and uh, I appreciate that. But you're also, if when you come back on the show again, you're also able to let loose because decisive is really about yeah. you. And um, and I don't like to uh, tell the artist what to do. Um, and sometimes they they listen to the other shows and kind of see where the concept is perceived as. And for me, I, there is no boundaries in this case um, because um, uh, soon I'll be I'm crossing over to uh, dubstep and some drum and bass with. Um, also um um some kind of uh uh polyrhythmic stuff so for me it's kind of uh one of those things where the you know if you're pulling up music that you never get to play that's awesome right you know are you not you're going out of your L you, you you collected all this music and you just don't you just don't play it because you're uh, an artist and <laughs> you feel like you're on the you're on the techno wave at the moment but yeah, for me, decisive is exactly that. You know, just be decisive about what you do, and be. And the listener just has to take it. Either they like it or they don't. And um, most of the time, they enjoy it. So, you know, especially those that have an opinion. <laughs> I think that that's an, yeah. I think that's an excellent philosophy. You know, that's. Um, I mean, even with, say, you know, with timeline music. Um, uh, yeah, I had been collecting records off and on. And then when the opportunity came to play on Timeline Music, and I'm sure the other artists that play on that station would say the same thing, it literally gave me a chance to go through all of my records and play them. 
and, and I was clean like, them yeah, and clean them fantastic. yeah and to clean them I even yeah, you know what I even invested in one of those um record cleaners not the really really expensive ones I'm talking about yeah, the ones yeah, you know the ones with the little turny thing that, yeah, 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 and, yeah, and yeah. I, I was um going through some of them yesterday because I'm one of these people who just makes an absolute mess when when I'm going through my tunes it's terrible so it takes me ages to clean everything up but yeah Same I just realized that you know timeline music has, has just given me the opportunity to literally go through all of my tunes it's been a completely cathartic process you know it's great man <laughs> you know what shocked me about your uh, your free rotation mix is that I was listening to it and then I heard uh, the release from my buddy, uh, a buddy of mine, R2 Snellman, uh, Walking yeah. the Fine Line, featuring myself on vocals. And uh, it was uh, on Matthew Herbert's label. I was, I was like, wow, wait, I have to have this lady on the show and thank her so much. I really thank you so much. I was shocked. I was really, I was really overwhelmed. And it was really nice to, uh, to, um, to hear that you had pick this up how did you know about this you know what i the reason i knew about it was because i had heard it just when i was going through juno right and i had just heard it and i it's just one of those coincidences isn't it um and then i i took it i love i love the ep i love the other side as well i mean i played that when i went to concrete me too um and it just sounded yeah it sounded great um, oh, cool! Thanks, thanks to R two. He, he called me up and asked me to do vocals. I met him also at Free Rotation. <laughs> uh, him and uh, Mikhail Bauman, uh, 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 Soul Fiction, and, and uh, yeah, he pulled me on, uh, and that was pretty. Thank you so much for the support for that. Really, a lot of people are playing this thing, and I was just like, wow, okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> That's good. Are you constantly on the road at the moment? Uh, I know. I'm not constantly on the road. It goes through phases. I feel like I've been constantly on the road, I have to say. Mm. August was mm. really, really busy because um, I ha- for me, you know, busy for me as in still working mm-hmm. three days a week. I hear you. So um, I, hear you. I, had, I played at Concrete the first weekend of August and then um, I had um, a gig at uh, Corsica Studios two weeks later and then I played two gigs over the August Bank weekend and then I did my show at the end of August um, so that was like five sort of separate situations just in August and then in mm-hmm. 10 days uh, I'll be in Poland which I'm really looking forward to is a gig in Krakow um, I'll be playing with uh, the Tabernacle guys so there'll be John Heckle okay. John Heckle and Andrew Ingram Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's fantastic. I'm so looking forward to playing with him. It's going to be great. Can't wait. I mean, he played at Block Festival. Uh, he did a DJ set that was just ridiculous. It was so good. It was one of the best sets I've heard in so long because normally he, he plays live, but I think he's going to be playing records in Krakow. So it should be good. Yeah. Wow. Um, and um, what's your... What, what, no, I was going to okay, say, and then... Uh, I will be um, playing on the 1st of October. It's something called Breakfast Club, which is run by Guy McCreary, who runs also a collective of DJs on a website called Guaranteed Connection Artists, which I'm also a part of. Uh, And he's going to be um, starting a Sunday day club called Breakfast Club, which he used to run um, it's changed a few locations around London, and that's on the first of October. And then on the Friday, on the Friday, which is the big one, is Fifty Arc, which is uh, a club that I've been resident with since it started in 2012, and that's going to be good too. We've got yeah, we talked about they're good friends of yours. That's the right. Studio yeah, there. Helen and Charlie run Fifty Arc. Yeah, Helen, yeah. So um, that's going to be really looking forward to that. So we'll have DJ Pete over yeah. for that as well. And uh, what's your favorite place to perform? Where you had this great experience, where it just everything just went right. So you're basically asking me when, where was like, something that I really enjoyed from beginning to end, basically. Exactly. Oof. Um, I would have to say, do you know what? I'd have to say, um, obviously, 50 Arc. I mean, that's no... I always have an awesome time at 50 Arc because that's my home and it's always good and, and the sound is always superb and the crowd's always great. That's my plug there. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's what I'd it's have all about. to say probably as far as like the most, um, you know, craziness, fun generally with with just a really really warm crowd. I'd have to say the pink elephant parties, which um, have stopped for the moment, but they're about to kick off again. Um, and uh, I played. I think I played at about five of those for the past year. Um, and again, you know, they're on um, Facebook as well. It's two really good friends of mine. Man, I need to hook up with you guys. Yeah, well. <laughs> and come, you know, come to your radio <laughs> show, man. That's great. Yeah, Super. so that's uh, my Myra. Cool. You guys sound so great, people. Man. Yeah, really so nice. Myra and Joe run the Pink Elephant Parties. And Maya, um used to run it. She, I met her, actually, because she ran a club in Iceland. And I went over there to play for her. And we've just mm-hmm. been friends since then. So, yeah. Nice. What 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 else occupies your time? Something that you really enjoy doing besides music? You sure you want to know? Because you'll oh, you yes. literally Give will not me. be able to stop me talking about this. I'm afraid. Uh, we don't, we don't <laughs> have a limited time, so you have to give us a short version. But yes, okay. I do, and I'm sure that the listeners also will know <laughs> this something that makes this lady tick. Quit her quit her job, move from Australia, come to London, and do well, all these things. There must be something else you enjoy besides. <laughs> well, I, I am almost borderline obsessive, even though that's not the best word to use. I go through phases, but um, <laughs> obsessive with um, astrology and um, mythology and stories and just understanding, you know, why human beings are the way they are and why we are so easy to be you know to, why we why we get so obsessed with like religion and all the rest of and, mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. i mean astrology is just completely mm-hmm. opened my world up uh mm-hmm. it's just absolutely fascinating um what is how did how has it affected you personally well it what it does is it it makes you um accept who you are to the fullest like I know that sounds really really cheesy but the reason no, why it, it does is because it literally gives you a a map if you like or a blueprint I think is the best word it gives you a blueprint mm-hmm. of what um, you literally physically inhaled as your first breath in this reality when you were born okay right. you right. take in a breath you literally take in a stamp of absolutely everything every energetic you know situation that's going on around you you take that in and that is your stamp that's your blueprint that you carry in your cells as you march along you know planet earth doing your thing and that stamp if you like that blueprint is uh you know a diagram as you can see it it's literally where all the planets are not just where the sun is because where the sun is is what people refer to as their star sign, which is not really correct, although the sun is a star. It's where the sun is, is, is one twelfth of the circle, isn't it, that covers the, that goes around the Earth. So, you know, the, all the other planets are somewhere as well, right? And what's coming up on the horizon and what's going down on the horizon in the west, what's the highest point in the sky, what's the lowest point underneath the Earth, all of those angles affect your entire psyche and makeup. Mm-hmm. So you want to know what car you're driving and you know you want to know how you think, how you respond to things, why you respond to things in a certain way. Some people are more emotional than others. Some people react in different ways. Some people face different restrictions in the way they think. You can you can see all of this in a uh, astrological map that you can look and how long have you been stu- how long have you been studying this? Um I've probably been I've actually been studying studying for about three years on now, three and a half years, but I've been reading it for a long time. The uh, reason why I asked you that because I connected all these dots together while reading your your bio and then started write, I started writing these questions and then you, yeah, we talked about you uh, examining my <laughs> yes. astrological sign. It's so important that I capture mm. the person. And that person that expresses himself through music, not somebody just making money. What is this element that makes you tick? And all of these different pieces that you have explained to us today, 
are very important to me and it should be important to even a young artist that's coming up it's not all it, it's it's serious and um, yeah so for me it's worth it to hear that short version <laughs> with that said um i know it's difficult for you but please if you could name for me four of your most influential artists in the past and current <sighs> right okay so yeah I know it's difficult. well as far Trust as an overall influence i would say like you know looking from a really broad perspective i would have to say plaid um and i you know again that's discovering plaid again going through some of the records that i've got um but as far as um to me they are just like just the absolute kings of composition with electronic music and melody um and that i was just very very heavily influenced by them i think i mean like i can just listen to their music and just go into a completely different world basically um and as far as the artists with respect to djing i mean you know i would have to go down that road of of saying all of those early detroit artists because that was what you know they all just completely blew me away 94 95 96 and again yep. i have to come back mm -hmm. to lost because lost as a club they were all coming over to play at lost you know they were either coming over to the uk for the first time and playing at lost so you know the whole all of the red planet all of the ur you know obviously jeff mills kenny larkin james pennington i mean all of those artists you know very much influenced by all of them um and to the point where it was almost Same to the here. point where it was almost like a bit tunnel vision actually just the whole detroit oh, sound yeah. i was completely absorbed with it and then if it wasn't that it was basic channel <laughs> so um oh yeah that was that was my influence there um i've also i have a whole shitload of detroit influenced artist records and uh for me the current um inf influential artists for me are going to be interesting to see <laughs> Okay. What do you think? And who that is? <laughs> yeah, because you know, back then you say, Oh, I remember that song from uh uh Jeff Mills or, or whoever else and I remember I was at this moment at this time. Sure. <laughs> so two more current. Okay. Um Oh, I I tell you I tell you who I do really like actually is a Sagittarian very much. Oh yeah. Um and also I've been listening to his shows. They're great. They're great. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's some he's some kind of astrological <laughs> music. I, you know what? I just I just realized trippy. that his stuff is it, it, oh, isn't no, it? I can't get away from astrology, can I? Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's influencing my choices. I just uh, like that. I don't know if he's human. Sagittarian though. Let me think. Um, oh, I do like. We'll see. I, I really like a lot of hard, mournful, melodic stuff. So I have to say, Anigo Kennedy's always been a favorite as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's a boy. Well, he's heavy. Yeah. He's a heavy hitter, this guy. Man. Yeah, but it's it's heavy but heady. You know, it's mm -hmm. there's still you can tell there's a, there's musicianship in his in his music. It's not like mm -hmm. it's just yeah, okay. Yeah, you yeah. know, really flat, soulless. Yeah, okay, I know you had this project. We I don't know if you wanted to talk about this, but I kind of do because I'm interested in what it was about. Uh, this wallflower. Oh yes, the wallflower. Collaboration. Yes. Alison Marks. Marks, right. Yeah, Alison Marks. Mm -hmm. um, I met Alice. Alison's a really good friend of mine. We we met in, I think it was 2000 and, goodness, when was it? 2008, I think. Um, mm -hmm. Literally on a dance floor, we met and just okay. got along instantly. And um, she's very, very good friends with Helen, who runs 50 Arc, you know, it's our group. Okay. And uh, she's just like, just a really, really good producer. <laughs> really mm -hmm. good. I know, I you know practically nothing when it comes to anything electronic. <laughs> she's a whiz. She's an absolute whiz. So I would go around to her house and you know I would play some piano and she would just record all of it. And she had um, releases already signed with Rebirth. Um, she's, okay. she's done some great records. Um, and um, she used to DJ a lot too many years ago. And she's, she was focusing a lot more on the producing when I met her and I used to go around to her house and we used to just muck around and make some music and um, she sent some stuff off to Rebirth and uh, she's got a brilliant voice um, and before we knew it um, she, you know we'd made like a couple of records for Rebirth and um, 
one of them got licensed by Defected, and oh, Larry cool. Heard remixed it. So wow, um, what was your, what was your influence on the on the production? I was playing those white things that you hit on a keyboard. Of course, there, she <laughs> go. there we go. There we go. <laughs> and of the course. black thing says white things are black. I mean, that was literally. Go. I was just playing the piano <laughs> on it, and Allison was just doing everything else. And and um, in fact, the song that um, "Say You Won't Ever," uh, "Say You Won't Never," "Say You Won't Ever." Goodness me, that my voice is going already. Mm-hmm. Um, I com- I composed that when I was in Brisbane and just literally made it all up, played it for Alison, and she just put some lyrics over the top, just like that. that. Was it cool? Yeah. How, 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 how amazing is it? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but what you know, over time too, it's just that um, I've been focusing more on doing the DJing for the moment. Okay. But okay. Um, it's um, as you uh, said, you're going to get back into it. You know, you're yeah, I mean, back. I really want to get back into sort of just producing stuff and myself, you know, as well. Okay, cool. Um, as a female in the yes. underground music industry, <laughs> yes. what are the ups and downs in this line of work? Um, well, I don't know. I don't, for me, at my age, I don't think I face ups and downs as far as female and male are concerned. I think okay. that's something I, I don't know, I think it's just too much time has passed for me to really gauge it. And also too, I'm coming back into it fairly new, you know, I've only been mm. playing out sort of in public over the past few years now, you know, it's not like, okay. um, but for me, it's more to do with just the fact that you're getting old and tired. <laughs> that's oh, yeah. my t- oh, that's yeah. my challenge. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just just getting a bit tired and sort of having to keep on top of things and maintain my health a bit better than I used to and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I'm not really noticing um, any um, real struggles with men and women. What I am noticing, which is good, and I think is something that I think more women should be doing, is putting on their own clubs. Yes, That's I've uh, uh, I've been seeing this in Berlin yeah. and and uh, um, I don't know about uh, London, but yeah, that's another reason why I asked asked this question because it's also a predominantly male industry. Sure, um, just like many industries are, so, right? So it's really down to you know the women getting together and and you know women supporting other women you know all that sort of stuff needs to be worked on i think which is uh you know and i have absolutely no issue with all female lineups you know provided that they're done not as a novelty but the real intention and purpose of it is just because women want to get a, get together and have a party and put on their own parties there's absolutely so they should they've got a lot of catching catching up to do because we've had you know male lineups you know for for decades <laughs> so um what there's there's no different from having an all-female lineup is there it's exactly the same thing one's all men one's all women it's no big deal you know so you know i'm happy to see the uh female um balance come to life because i think that's what this will make the world a, a much better if we're all a bit more balanced out yeah. uh between male and female i, I, I like that idea of, of 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 women power and uh, women being uh, equally um, compensated for equal work and hard work and uh, you know I'm not gonna get deeper than that I'm just kind of for for the balance in human yeah. life between male and female no matter it doesn't matter what what line of work you in as far as I'm concerned but yeah um, moving on yes yeah but one more question okay more questions I think it is and that what defines you as an artist and musician um what sound should the people expect to hear from you in your sets and why okay um i think what i think what defines me is um as far as you know what i like to present which obviously is like similar to what i want to hear right (laughs) exactly um i uh, oh, it's more sort of a more I can't explain it really it's more to do with like being I like mournful 
mournful music to me that is uplifting so i guess i have something yeah. in my psyche yeah. that understands the beauty in pain and suffering right, right? right. so um, the beauty with um, having gone to the lowest of the low and then being able to pull yourself up again that's rise again yeah <laughs> that's transform. what i'm talking about yeah, so the transformate the transformative power of music. Okay, so for me, I get very attracted to music that is quite dark, mournful, deep. Um, say, for example, like my favorite composer is Chopin. You know, like so because he was quite mournful, I think, in how he composed his music, um, and um, he was also quite sickly, wasn't he, as a person? You know, it's like. It's for me. It's being able to identify with the struggle that someone has gone through to produce what they're producing. Okay. Or uh, so I really do love uh, to feel happy and to feel to listen to happy music every now and then. Mm-hmm. But I have to be honest. I I can't listen to it for too long because it just it I, I can't I can't explain. Life is not always happy. It's no, and in fact, it's. The real, the real emotion and real depth of feeling that you go through has to involve some sense of suffering, you know, mm-hmm. or has to involve some sense of loss, challenge, challenge, loss, yeah. you know, um, change, and then being able to connect with people having gone through that experience and being able to pull yourself up from the absolute dregs, right, mm-hmm. and just keep going. I mean, that's what I. Um, that's I get drawn to music that I feel I can I can hear that story in the music. That's a, that's an art yeah. in itself as well. That's an, that's an art in itself as well. Yeah. All right. Cool. With that said, I would like to thank you again. I hope yeah. I haven't I hope I haven't waffled on too much. It's like a nine, whole coffee nine. pot has gone. Um, it was important for me to get to know you, and for you to get to know me, and and not not let it in here. So. Um, I want to thank you again, Leah, for uh, taking the time uh, to do this interview um, today. And um, now that we got the uh, insight on what uh, Leah is all about and uh, what makes her tick, without further ado, we're going to now tune in to her decisive podcast series mix with Leah in the mix. Roberto Q. Ingram and Leah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Signing off. <laughs> Thanks, Roberto. No problem. We do this again, huh? Thank you. Okay. So that concludes this episode of the uh, Decisive Podcast series, um, guest series mix, that is. And uh, I want to thank again uh, Leah Floyers for being a part of the show. And um, um, you can find Leah DJing. This is October. The month of October coming up in London at the Breakfast Club. That's on Sunday, uh, the 1st of October. And then um, she plays uh, her residency at uh, 50 Arc. That's 50, yeah, 50 Arc. And that is on February the 6th, October. That's the 6th of October. And also playing at Berlin's Rizom in London at the Dark Room on Friday, the 20th of October. So you can catch her at those dates. Um, you can look forward to some great stuff coming. We uh, we will be um, stepping it up a bit uh, and try to get uh, you people out there involved and get you to um, comment on the, the next podcast. We have a lot of big names, and we have uh, going back to the Munich exclusive. We have the uh, Sunday edition, which uh, focuses pretty much on the uh, more laid back stuff, and then we have the uh, decisive podcast series special which um introduces a lot of great names and uh, a lot of information about these um particular artists and uh i'd like to thank my man rob here for uh helping me out to get the podcast up and save us some time here it's a lot of work getting these things done and uh yeah we want to uh thank you for listening and uh we'll check you out next time uh with my podcast coming up uh the, that's september the 27th you can uh come back and hear me doing my thing so without further ado i'm gonna let the music continue on out and see you next podcast decisive podcast series over and out <laughs>